don't know. On that note, hello everybody and welcome to Soccer Rangers in Space, where we talk about how to go and make our pre-existing props recycled into new props. I'm Robert, I'm the Red Ranger. I'm Tyler, I'm the Black Ranger. And we just lost silver, pink, and green to some sort of vacuum of space. They're gone forever. Well. Why do I not feel sad? I mean, we are all terrible people. We are all terrible people. Yeah. I mean, but could it really be any worse being alone than having everybody? I guess. I don't know. If we find any treasure or booty, it only has to be split two ways now. Oh, that is much easier for math's sake. That is so much easier for math. Man, oh, this is not bad at all. <laughs> <clears throat> this is great. This is great. Well, here we are. Yeah. Podcasting again. Oh, crap. There is a problem. What's up? It's going to be very hard to go and fill out a roster for one of our favorite kart racers in that situation. Oh, I mean, you no. have to have at least three people to go and have a real competitive kart race. And racing, because Crash Team Racing just came out, and we, we love playing racing games. Yes. Yes, we do. What about uh, what about that one for Dreamcast? I sure don't know. I never, I never had a Dreamcast. Yeah. What do I look like to you? <laughs> The pink I mean, ring. you definitely don't look like Amy, you know, Sega's number one apologist. I mean, fangirl. That's her thing. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. No, but like uh, Speed Devils. <clears throat> Have you ever played that? I know I haven't. I've never played Speed Devils. I didn't even know it was a thing. Why did I just bring it up? I don't know. But I I feel like I need to mention it. Hmm. Hmm. Also, I think John's trying to claw his way back into the airlock. Do we help him? Uh... Let's give it a few seconds. Maybe we can. Maybe maybe he'll do it himself. He's he's a strong-willed man, and I want to believe in him. So he's got he's got to learn to do things on his own. Yep. Yeah. You're right. You're right. We will we will hold and see if he can survive the harsh vacuum of space. <laughs> it's a bitch. One it's a boy. eternity later. While we wait for him to do that, we could just have a conversations of ourselves. Yep. So what you've been doing lately? Um, let's see here. Fourth of July just happened. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Had, I had people over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, we got DJ to play Just Dance. Oh, that God. was hilarious. God, he, he does not have rhythm whatsoever. No. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't e I don't even understand how you just don't have any rhythm, any rhythm whatsoever. Yeah, no. Um, there, there's that song from that Love Handle episode of Phineas and Ferb that the guy that ain't got rhythm, and that's clearly all he's got. No, no, DJ, he he just ain't got rhythm. No, he ain't got rhythm. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, terrible. my God. Yeah, and then we strapped him into VR later. Oh, that was God. a lot of fun. <laughs> you're just you're, gonna, you're scaring the poor boy. I, it was the proper thing to do. It was yes. the only choice to do in that situation. And oh my god, John clawed out of the airlock. Oh, I'm here. God. Oh my god. Now we do have enough people to go and do a cart race. <laughs> <laughs> John, say hello to the people. Hi, I'm John. I'm the Silver Ranger. All right, there we go. Where the hell do we go from here? I don't know. This is a hard, hard way to segue about this. This is a hard ass segue. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we've just drifted into some obstacle. Yeah. 
Wait, Sorry, wait, wait, I've got wait, way wait. too much Mario Kart on the mind. <laughs> Interesting you say that as we've been talking about Mario Karts and racing games and other things. Why don't we just go fall into it? Just just floor, uh, foot to the floor, fifth gear high, just drag right down that. Let's Pedal get to into the metal. Is, is, so, this to, is this where I'm supposed to start playing the Grand Tour music or just go and do the intro to Conversation Street or something? We have to do some variant of that for our picture this oh. week on Instagram. We need okay. to do some sort of a Conversation Street bit. I'll try that. Should have all three of us like with our heads sticking out the windows. No, right. no, I... We're, Maybe we're, I don't know. We'll see. Well, Tyler will figure something out. Yeah. Cars. <laughs> racing. Racing games. We yes. love playing racing games. Mm-hmm. If you're still with us, which I would be surprised if you are. Yeah, seriously. We have just crashed and burned on this thing. This is like burnout. <laughs> These are all games that you've mentioned that I've got interesting things to talk about. Well, please hijack this thing. Make like GTA and just go and rip me out of the driver's seat and just go on with it. Yes. Ah! We're fast. We're clean. We're going. We're doing this. Cars, 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 racing, racing, racing. All fast pace. All going. All around time. Um. <laughs> so we decided we decided this week that we would be talking about uh racing games because we want we apparently we we like them and it's an interesting well after i've done some research it's kind of there's there's a lot it is one of the most longest running types of mm -hmm. genres i guess for video games there's just been racing games forever it's like you look, go back. You go back to when video games started being a thing. Uh, you'll go back to like nineteen uh, seventies. Art Ataris. That's that's one of their first, not not their first video games, but that's one of their first uh, styles of video games was just racing games. It's just like when God created ga video games. On uh, he then created uh, he created Pong, then he created Pac Man, then created a racing game. That was so. I looked up a bunch of history of racing gaming, and it just keeps going on and on. Um, so I'm not going to be the kind of guy that's just going to name off a bunch of dates and games because it would just be that for the whole podcast, and it would be very boring. Yeah, we'll leave that to the feature. gaming story because he actually knows how to do that. Yeah. Oh God. But I do want to say, yeah, game the racing games are date back all the way to the seventies. Uh, um, back with our tar atari that's just where they started mm -hmm. um but how the way i do want to do this is do this as a genre style of stuff because they do have it's kind of they fall into like three styles of genres for racing games mm -hmm. can you kind of guess what those genres are uh i'm going to guess arcade simulator and cart well, you already looked it up, you bastard. No, you I just it. said what I thought. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Remember, I am a product of the 1980s, the original age of gaming, where it first started to popularize itself and then crashed and burned, leading up to my conception and eventual birth into the medium. Well, 
Yeah. I am the silver age of gamers. Soon to become the silvered haired of gamers. You're not that old. I'm already getting gray hairs. So dude, I've been getting gray hair since I was twelve. So question. Ew. What's up? Would games like Twisted Metal be considered racing to a certain degree? Because there is like a first and last place to those kind of systems. You know, like the the car combat games. Yeah, would those be considered racing? Because I mean, when you play Twisted Metal and a few other of those combat-based cart games, there is actually a place set system to it, and it's not necessarily about damage to a certain degree. I guess it depends on the game mode, but Hmm. I don't know. I always kind of wondered that going into this because Twisted Metal Black it was easily one of my favorite um, car-based games. Not like one of my favorites, but I don't really at the same time consider it racing. I know what you mean. Oh, that would be... Uh, I would I would consider that this is this is where like racing games have always been yeah considered getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of genre defining or defying in some respects. So I don't know if you can put that in there, but that's the same way I feel about Burnout, with the exception of the main race mode. Right? Um, no, that's the thing. Burnout Burnout was a race. It was a race, but it was also car combat. This is yeah. this is where that. When you like think of racing and people think, well, it's going to be simulator or it's going to be a cart games. And that's yeah. why the weird arcade style games, which is like, well, what, what does that mean? Uh, it means it's like sort of sometimes realistic, but you're still doing a race, but it's not exactly you're not in a cart or anything like Crash Team Racing, Mario Kart, Diddy Kong Racing. Those are all carts. They're specifically carts. These are where you're in a car game, but you're not it's not realistic. Uh, like the simulators are because there's the whole culture just behind the the simulator uh, racing games like as there is with every single single simulator game uh huge cultures behind it so i would almost say you i would call that like a weird subgenre that it is kind of in and out of like the arcade racing because it is car combat and that was its own like genre itself because there were (laughs) in the 90s a ton of car combat games and that spun out that's like i'd say that's where like burnout did come from that was all about racing car combat uh that was the twisted metals was that um cart racings is uh all combat because it's all throwing weapons and blowing up your friends but there's the point a to point b so it is just the idea that you're not going from a point a point b you're just driving around like a demolition derby so uh yeah i'd say it's like it's a weird a venn diagram if there were it isn't isn't (laughs) but yeah that's that's what i would say like it it, it's kind of like that's the thing about genres and that it's hard you can't just it's always opinions i always find as a thing Mm -hmm. where people go oh i feel like this is like this or this song is like this uh, that's why I always re- relate genres to being music first, because it's always been a music thing to have genres. And then we have other medias that started changing, adding genre. I guess books. Uh, um, <laughs> so, yeah, because I'll talk to people and be like, what do you consider this as? And some people would say, well, it's got elements of this, but it's got elements of this. And so it does fit into these genres of like racing games, combat games, action adventure games. But then it's still its own piece of work. Uh, and so it takes these little snippets of every genre. So it does kind of fit into each one, but how to categorize it is like always a lost cause. You can kind of go, it fits mostly into this one. 
that's how you kind of categorize something into it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a different kind of game to pull it all the way back to Twisted Metal here. Uh, that the idea is like you are in cars, but just because you're in cars doesn't mean you're in a con you're in a racing game. But if you're fighting uh, uh, in some other kind of fighting game, it's not exactly a fighting game either. So it is sort of its own genre, I would say, but it's still very a genre that's right beside it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Be adjacent, an adjacent genre. That's how I would consider it. That's the thing. It's like that's how I consider it. Doesn't mean someone mm-hmm. out there will be like, "No, you're completely wrong." It's this kind of genre it has nothing to do with those games whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah. What yeah. are your opinions? Do you have like? Do you have any opinions like where you think? I don't know on that. Or you're just like. I once again, I think you're right. I think it is more of a, a subgenre than anything else because. Once again, I mean, yeah, you want to get first place and there's some racing, but really it comes down to just destroying the enemy car more yeah. than winning the race than anything else. Yeah. Well, that's what I think it was like. Um, I used to play a game, uh, uh, Carmageddon, which was a race. It was all about getting from point A to point B. But during the race, you had weapons and you was all destroying, uh, destroying the other cars in gruesome manners before you won the race so as long as you you could either a win the race by winning the race or b destroy all your opponents until there's no one left to win the race so you automatically did just win mm-hmm. and it's like twisted metal but basically just went well there's a race but the track is sort of wherever you want it to be <laughs> if you thought about <laughs> it that way it's just like yeah here's the area the track is a circle that has no cares about cutting across or anything and then whoever crash uh passes the finish line wins and if and the idea is like well where did it start and end well i guess if you're the only one to pass the finish line then you win and it was like oh <laughs> if you want to do it in that kind of way <laughs> yeah that so. doesn't make sense but well battle royales Racing games did it first. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I guess that's what exactly that is. It's just like yeah. if your racing game had a battle royale in it. Oh, that's something I never wanted to have to think about. Ugh. It's what it's what Twisted Metal is. It's what uh, uh what is another one I always played? Uh, Rogue Trip. Mm. Have you ever played that one? Oh, well. Crash Team Racing even had its multiplayer. It had both a uh, a racing game and then it had an arena uh, battling. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Mario Kart. Mario Kart had that too. It was just like it was a staple of those kart arcade games is to have also that with it. So it's the only idea that Twisted Metal just took the race out and just made it car combat. Yeah. So it's there very similar. It's got all the veins, but I guess just doing that one thing is what kind of took it and put it like in its own genre. So yeah, it's a weird, weird thing to say that, think that way. Yeah. <laughs> and damn it. Somebody's already capitalizing on the car racing battle royale concept. Damn it, guys. I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to make our millions off of this one. Dang. Dang. <clears throat> yeah. Burned down on Steam by Big Bro Games. Piss. <laughs> You're looking it up on Steam right now? 
Yep. <laughs> I just want to see if anybody else has already thought of it. It's like, damn it. Well, if you were planning to make your millions going and getting your idea from this podcast, guess what? We're beyond the times again. Damn. Only, only a little. Yeah. Only a little. I mean, actually, uh, it's an early access, but it was released on uh, February 7th. So actually, no, we're not that far behind. Hmm. Rob, do you have any opinions on racing games and such? What you, what's your favorite kinds of racing games? I, I don't know. I, I've, I've always been a bit more of a fan of the simulator types. Uh, I've probably logged more hours into Gran Turismo 3 than any other racing game, with the exception of maybe Mario Kart 64. And that more because it's just a great party game. So, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's one I will admit that I almost exclusively play when I have company over because mm. it's always crowd pleasing, really easy to get into. I mean, card games are just fun at the simplest level of racing games. I enjoy them massively. But for me, the simulator types really do stand out. Uh, like I said, Gran Turismo 3, I probably logged more hours to than any other racing game. It is one of my favorite games of all time. I unlocked every car in that thing i don't know why i was so addicted to that one because there are far better racing games now that i just cannot get as invested in but that one i logged so many hours in actually kind of terrified to look at on how long i've been playing on my playstation 2 memory card <laughs> and now with the advent of vr you know i've done uh drive club and gran turismo in vr and that mm. is incredibly satisfying though i still stand by i hate drive clubs controls but the vr experience is pretty cool it's cool yeah so yeah that was another thing i wanted to bring up is the fact that like v with vr driving what that would be like uh especially in simulators because that's always that's what i always never liked about uh, the, the playing in like the cockpit uh mm -hmm. driving view is like naturally i want to like look around but it doesn't it doesn't feel natural on a controller when you're driving that way. No, I'm with you 100%. I'm normally third-person view when it comes to yeah. that sort of stuff just because that feels more organic in a video game. But as soon as you go and put on, you know, for me, it's the uh, PlayStation VR just because, you know, that was my first VR headset and it's still the one that I like the most. That's just so much fun just being able to go and hook that thing on and just instantly you're brought into it. Like, it's not even second nature to go and think about changing the camera or anything like that it's just okay i i can just drive like this this is just yep. good i've got my got my controller in hand and i'm just working with it yeah no that sounds like, actually i would love to get a racing wheel pedals and gear shift and actually try doing it that way not sure i want to make the kind of investment to do it but i can only imagine if it's so organic already just putting the headset on how comfortable that would feel as somebody who has gone around the track several times. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, that is a, that is another thing with the uh, um, uh, simulator games is that they have those full setups that like have actuators in them that like twist and turn with the vehicle as you drive it and as has feedback. So you're sitting in there uh, with all the uh, uh, kit caboodle of like pedals, steering wheel, and you're just, you're just driving and it's just, it is that it is a simulator now oh, man I, I almost dropped three grand on one of those things at PAX <laughs> a few years ago like they they were getting rid of their show demos it was the last show that they were going to in the cycle and it's like buy it at cost like wow. oh 
I should do that. And then I'm like, I have my credit card in hand and I'm like, I shouldn't do this. I want to, I shouldn't, 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 I want to. (laughs) (laughs) But where else do you get one of those? It's like, you see them, but like, if you ever think about getting one or buying one somewhere or whatever, it's just like, I can't even comprehend where you get one of those any other way other than just weird, superficial, not superficial, weird, supernatural ways. I guess that way, that's how I say it. Yeah, because even doing like a Google search, you'll go and find a couple of, you know, uh, racing hubs, but they're really just racing <clears throat> chairs with the blank hardware to go and mount your stuff onto. You know, it's not like an actual cockpit racing system. Yeah. Oh, oh. Do you guys oh. remember those uh, F Zero um, arcade machines that were made a while back? Yeah, F Zero AX. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the best arcade racers I played in a long time. Mm. That was a lot of fun. F Zero was it was such a fun racing game because it was all about speed. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of the it, racing simulators are and just generally speaking, racing games are like the only reason why I'll occasionally go back to like GameWorks at something like PAX or SakuraCon just to go and blow a little bit of time and money. Because, damn it, like, that at GameWorks, they have this great IndyCar racer, and it's been out for, like, 20 years now. So the graphics look like shit, but just the haptic feedback, you actually feel like you're racing around in one. It's just so comfortable and brings you into the moment. And I just absolutely love it! Sorry, I'm way too into things. <laughs> way too into things, man. Way too into uh, these things. Yeah. Um, well, what do I want to say? <clears throat> um, what are your childhood? What, do you have j- childhood racing games other than? Uh, oh, I guess that was one of them. What, do you have any other ones you play? Do you, also do you have like systems or I want to hear stories of like systems that you were playing on of certain old games of nostalgia playing those things? Because I've got some of those. Maybe I'll take the reins. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, go for it. Because I've always liked racing games always liked cars in general mm-hmm. so just i do have the nostalgia back to like uh um uh, twisted metal uh the one i used to always play was twisted metal small brawl mm-hmm. uh played that a lot on my ps1 um or then after uh other than that was the crash team racing played that tons um where it was I was the racing guy. So if I ever had friends or playing with friends over a games, it would be like, I would be the one that had, well, I owned the game. So I was, I was always the one playing it. Um, we'd, we'd race and like in those games, there's always like shortcuts and little things to get through. And so I'd be doing all those things and people would be like, how are you doing that stuff? I'm like, well, I just like racing games. Um, and then I could always remember I had a great nostalgia for uh, uh, Mario Kart um ds mm-hmm. you ever played that one? Oh yeah we used to one. uh at lunchtime during high school we used to just play that all the time um to the point that uh yeah we would unlocked everything and everyone had all their cars uh their carts and my d my the d-pad on my nintendo ds had like a nice wear mark all the way around <laughs> it from just playing that one game for however long every every lunchtime for i guess two three years straight maybe mm. yeah so i can pull out my old ds and you'll look at her in just like this a circle all the way around and just worn smooth from 
years of like drifting back and forth because in that game it was all about <laughs> you go you drift and then you could like you'd flick the d pad the other direction and then back again really quickly and then it would be like another boost and you do it again and boost again and you do it again and you get your third boost and then when you let go you just be you take off um which was also you could do that that was a thing in the uh um how did that work in crash team racing that was another thing in crash team racing you could do it like that uh yeah um but man i just have so many members for all these it's just nostalgia same with uh burnout there was another thing I used to do with Burnout is I had a buddy who also liked racing games. Um, we played Burnout and we played, I can't remember. It was, it was a racing game. Came out for 360 around the same time Burnout 3 on the game now. Um, I can't remember what it was. Wasn't Project Gotham Racing? Maybe been Project Gotham Racing. Mm. When did that one come out? Was that, that only that'd be around that time? Yeah, Project Gotham Racing, or um, let's see here, what else? Um, Grid, all the Need for Speeds. That's another one. Is I, oh, I think it was Project Gotham Racing Four. Yeah, that's what I think it was. Yes, it was. That's exactly what it was. Um, which I haven't seen any of those. I really like those ones. But my buddy, it came to the point where like. He wouldn't even race me in those. It was we did this weird side by side where we played the career mode, uh, and then we would basically we'd play the game, and then we'd come back later with our we'd compare our stats of what we were getting. Um, and he even he even did this janky thing is like I just played the races as is. I played it one way go. If I lost the race or whatever, that was it. That was my standing. He would if he was doing bad, he would restart his races. <laughs> so I found out that afterwards, and I was like, "Ah oh, man, I've just been playing straight, and you've been cheating." And I was like, "Well, no, you got a handicap." I'm like, "No, oh, fucking okay." <laughs> so either way, I was still doing way better than he was. So I'm, I'm I'm bragging. That's what I'm doing. I'm bragging right now. Um, I'm really good at racing. Uh, so, but how? That was the one that we played a lot of. Uh, to the point, yeah, he did not even want to like one v one me in a race because he just yeah he was like why would i do that i'm just gonna lose it's there's no point in it. i'm like well that's no fun um how about need for speed mm -hmm. underground uh, that's what i wanted to bring up need for speed underground there we go now you're speaking my language <laughs> any thoughts on that one because i feel like that's a very that's a point that's a turning point in racing games I that's one of the first ones that I remember that had a more realistic style. Um, it, that was one of the first ones I can remember that was like a home console release that felt like it belonged in arcade experience. Just it felt really tight, crisp, natural. It never felt like something because a lot of games for me growing up, especially in the racing category, kind of fell into two categories. There were experiences that felt like you were really engaged, like you were fully taking control of the car through the controller, whatever means that may be. And then there were the ones that just never quite felt right, like it was supposed to be a different control interface or something that just didn't bring you into it. Underground was one that actually felt like having the controller in my hand, it belonged there. Like I actually felt like I could control it. 
a lot of other games that I felt that were in that kind of arcade quality uh, gameplay. I don't know how to fully. Uh, I don't know how to fully qualify this because, like for me, you know, you wanted stories. My brother and I would go to the local Hollywood video, especially back in the N64, PlayStation 2 period. We were constantly renting games, looking for fun racing experiences to go up against each other. We didn't hang out with a lot of people in the grade school, you know, elementary to uh, middle school period. Never had friends over a lot. We just had a busy family, and that was just something we did that was competitive together that we didn't want to kill each other with. (laughs) And occasionally you'd run across something like, say, Hydro Thunder, which felt as good on the N64 and later PS2 uh, as it did in the arcades playing that. But a lot of the racing games just didn't feel that way. Like, simulators did legitimately feel different. I mentioned uh, Gran Turismo 3. But there were a few things like Need for Speed that really felt like I was getting as much out of it as I would in a different control medium. And that was something that my brother would always go and say, was it good or I wish I was playing it in an arcade. And most of the time that was the case. Um, Like the only other, I don't know. This is weird for me to be even be bringing this up because these are kind of oddball games in the grand scheme of what we're talking about. But, uh, San Francisco Rush 2049 and Hydro Thunder were like the only two arcade games that we really routinely went back to. And I ultimately ended up buying both of them from the local Hollywood video when they were selling out of the stuff uh, as used games because they were legitimately good. And it always felt like we were getting our money's worth every time we rented it. Need for Speed really changed that for me when it came to that, because it was a much bigger game. It didn't just feel like an art. Well, I mean, it wasn't an arcade port in this case, but it just felt like a bigger game that could fully justify itself and was worth the money even to buy it at retail value. And that was something that I don't remember feeling when it came to racing games almost ever, to be honest. I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense, but like, that's just going back to how I felt in my youth and uh, discovering need for speed underground. That's it. That's that's been my entirety of thought. It actually justified its dollar value. And that opened me up to other games uh, like Burnout down the road, which I don't think I would have really had a lot of interest in otherwise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because hmm. I don't know. I might, I might be saying something controversial here, but while I liked uh, a lot of the Need for Speed games, I can't say I ever found myself really invested in them uh, like I did a lot of other games. You know, I can relate to that, too, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a technical mastery that they accomplish with those that are absolutely fantastic. But then there's also, is this something that's compelling me to come back to it all the time? As like, eh, I'd rather play kind of a quirkier game, you know, and go and have something that's more of a unique experience and something that feels really good, but also still feels like kind of everything else I've ever played. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I totally relate that for especially for Need for Speed is like there is a ton of Need for Speed games, but the I ones I kind yeah. of feel the same. <laughs> yeah, uh, the ones I latched onto the most was Under Underground 
played Underground 1, I liked Underground 2 even more. Mm. And to the point where like I had I kept it was it was a weird it was the idea that you could like customize and upgrade your car and put like yeah. all the stuff in it. That's what I really liked about it. To the mm -hmm. point where like I was like keeping track of what my parts were in it. And then I would like go, oh, I've got these parts in here and here. I got these parts in here. And they're like when I was doing the decals for my car and like that's the thing is you could, you could paint and decal your car and make cool looking cars. So it wasn't just like, here's the car you get and you're going to race it. And I'm like, OK, well, this is a cool and this is another one. But then it was like, oh, yeah, you get this one. But now you get a modifier to make your own car. I was like, oh, I really <laughs> like that. I love customizing things. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I had I had the the parts on the car. I, I wrote it out specifically on another piece of paper so I could keep track of like what parts I had in my car so I could put the stickers on my windows of like just the lines of you as you. Uh, I don't know if you guys see that a lot, but like uh, that, I guess that was like the popular thing to see tuners running around. And then in the back windows or on the sides, uh, especially in NASCAR stuff, you'd see the parts that they have in their car and the brand names on it. So it's like, yeah. well, this is in my car. So on my stickers, I've got my AEM. I had my, uh, God, I can't remember what I had in them. The a I know I had a lot of AEM parts in it. Uh, that was like <laughs> my one part to always get in there. Because it was, yeah, I like them. Speaking yeah. of customization, one of my favorite racing games to play when I was a kid was Lego <clears throat> Racers. They didn't oh, ever hear yeah. that game. Oh, I so played the shit out of that it game. Was, it, there was even a port. I played it originally on PC. It was great on PC. Um, we're st I'm still waiting on that Rocket Racer uh, <laughs> Lego figure because that would be <laughs> the best thing ever because Rocket Racer was the best. Um but there was, I even had the um, the free 60 port, which isn't bad either. But what was cool about it was you had these Lego pieces and you could build the cars and you had picked your chassis. But literally, depending on what you put onto the vehicle, depended on its speed, how fast it would turn, everything. It was actually kind of cool. Well, and that's, that's kind of visionary for back then as well, just because now that's like a huge factor for competitive Mario Kart play and all, because individual components have different stats. It affects on how the machine actually functions. It's not just pick your favorite character, pick your card. No, it's it's what you have legitimately affects your gameplay. And before that, I'm not aware of anything that worked that way. And even then, even after it, there wasn't a lot out there. There wasn't a lot of other stuff like that for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was easily one of my favorite games. And it was kind of like a kart racer too, because you had like weapons you could use to like get yourself the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that one was exactly a kart racer. Yeah, and yeah, no, I, it was you had the custom, the pre-built ones. You had like the pirate characters and such, but then yeah, you just built your own. I remember having that on uh, PlayStation, uh, on PS One. Yes, PS yeah. One. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played the shit out of that one. Um, and that that has that one system that like has always been pretty consistent. Um, with the, uh, you'd pick up the gems, you'd pick up the items, and then it had the, um, what do you call that? The upgrade versions. So if you picked up the missile and then you picked up another missile, it'd be like a better missile. Mm -hmm. And then you picked up another one of those would be the best missile. So like mm -hmm. the tiered pickup system, which, uh, man, it just talking about cart games themselves. You could go down all the oh, history God, of them. Radical. Yeah. Because uh, I remember, yeah, it, there's been a bunch of games that had that pick tier pickup system. It was like, well, this is just like a style of cart game that you could like put a whole bunch of stuff into. It's like uh, its own kind of like system, I guess. Uh, when I talk about like, I always like to say systems like it's a system style game where 
and you use this a lot in tabletop where it uses this system or this system and then it's like uh you automatically going knowing how to use it because it's a system that other things use so like just jumping into those games if you had to you're like oh i know how to drift it's always these buttons there's always a drift in there there's always a boost of some kind there's always items and then there's the three tiered items and it's just like these things you put together and you, you could just make any kind of racing kart game because they kind of because of that they kind of all are the same and they normally well actually no they don't it, it, they all normally are the same but that doesn't mean they all feel the same there's like mm -hmm. something that fundamentally changed them of like jumping from one game to another just racing turning is always feels different and then drifting is always a big thing of like changing from game to game because when they hit a drift uh it's all about like when it kind of initiates and how much of a drift it does because i've been i've played games it was like playing those games you'd hit a drift and you'd want to hit your drift either late or earlier and that was always the thing because like it would either be the amount of drift turning you get was like either a huge radius where like if you drifted too late you'd be running into the wall or if you drifted too early you would just uh um de depending if it was like a tight curve or a long curve it was where you'd start and then because like i'd play those games and i'd hit the drift and all of a sudden i'd be just curving around the corner and then reversing into it because i should have drifted way or i should have waited way close to the turn and then another game is just like oh i drift and then i'm not even making that corner because it's such a wide turn that does the game mechanics are completely different so that's one thing I've always seen is like your drifts from game to game, the game mechanics always change a huge amount, even though they're all the same games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I found myself going down a bit of a rabbit hole here. Oh no, he's been doing research. What did you look up? Kind of. So I was trying to remember, uh, cause this is something I found myself coming to, fairly late in the game at least in terms of its life uh so i was trying to remember what it was because sega had uh a racing game that came out back in the 80s and it's been re-released like 500 times according to these lists that i'm looking at here <laughs> uh but i remember going to uh my cousin's at the time fiance's house now husband uh and playing on his genesis outrun and this was like apparently the 13th re-release of the game by the time it came to the genesis it came out originally in 1986 and that's just a really fun uh arcade game that has several great ports it's been on pretty much everything it's even now on the nintendo switch uh they even re-released this thing for the saturn which i find to be kind of crazy considering you know even sega didn't like the saturn uh, <laughs> it's not the future of our company says the president like wow that's a hell of a thing to say a year into release <laughs> anyway uh what what got me on this rabbit hole here is even though it is a series of games outrun itself you know they've had a couple of updates to it with like outrun 3d turbo outrun battle outrun uh, all this stuff, but it's essentially the same game just with updated graphics and a couple extra game modes. What I find funny, the original game came out in 1986. Re-releases being done all the way until 1993. 
and then nothing with the exception of re-releases. And then in 2003, they release Outrun 2. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> You're releasing a game 17 years after the original came out? What? What? <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, I got caught up in this. I, I just, the farther I went down, the more I saw it. It's like, whoa, <laughs> this ain't right. No, and then... I think my personal favorite here, because I was unaware they had released a sequel to this. And on top of that, Outrun 2006, uh, Coast to Coast, which was released originally exclusively on the PSP. So yeah, you are an interesting creature. <laughs> They're the console of the future. Sego does what Nintendo can't. <laughs> and by that, I mean get out of console production. Remember <laughs> remember Sega Sanjiro? Oh, Sega Sanjiro. Yeah, he was the Sega best. Sanjiro. Go kick your ass if you don't play Sega Saturn. Yep. And then he, he was saved... more invested in this than the president of Sega was. <laughs> he, he even gave his life to save the company. <laughs> he should have just let him die. Like the Sanjiro was a real hero. Yeah, he was a real he hero. Have, he wouldn't have canceled the Dreamcast a year after it released. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's completely separate from our racing conversation. I just... Wow, Sega, once again, you've managed to confuse me with what you do in your business practices. And I don't oh. even know what to say now. Sorry, I've, I've derailed myself. It's just, what? Yeah. Did you guys ever play the original Test Drive? Mm -mm. Or not Test Drive. I remember Let's it was Test Drive. Test Drive. Test Drive 3. It was one of the first. This is like going back way to the 90s, uh, 80, late 80s, early 90s of like some of the first um, racing simulators. Uh, test Drive. Because I do have a story is like, I think that is technically the first racing game I've ever played is test drive three um because my mom got it for computer and pretty much to the point where like she just had to set it up and then i was just there with like the the, the uh, keyboard buttons and i was just driving as you do so i didn't really know how to play or anything but i was just on a car look are you looking it up right now i am yes and actually i haven't played that one I'm looking through the cover arts for all these things because, you know, once again, I, this is what I did at Hollywood Video. Um, yeah. But yes, uh, Test Drive 4x4 I played. Mm. Yeah, uh, no, I remember that one because I just remember the the body, the uh, cover art for it. That was in the, the uh, it came in like this pretty big box that was like, it was, it, it's not how video game boxes, well, we don't get uh, computer game boxes anymore. Uh, yeah. But well, I played on the PlayStation, so for me it was just the disc. But yeah, keep yeah. going. Sorry, <laughs> I had the box. The boxes it came in was like like an eight and a half by eleven size box, and it had like the it was like the a board game box style that had everything in it. it had the um, that would came with a uh, the uh, the the uh, the discs. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if this one came with floppy discs or if it came with the bigger disc. I don't think we ever had the big disc, so this one came with the floppy discs. Um, but it also came with this interesting um, wheel. So mm -hmm. how it had, like, it didn't really have 
uh, options to pick things. So you got this like uh, deciphering wheel and then mm. you like picked your location and you picked the car you wanted and then it like came up with this code. So you like basically you spun this wheel and then it came up with a code and then you had to type in that code for it to, cause yeah, it didn't have menus really back then. So mm. it just had everything set up and then you had to like, you had a physical wheel that you like spun three different three different wheels were input into each other and you spun them to get the three uh the things you wanted and then it it, it basically had a little window in it and it came up with a code underneath of like what those three would equivalent to um and then you had to go type in that code and i was like back then i think about it now i'm like wow that's just it was just dos that's you're working with dos back then so uh i thought thinking we don't have any like that oh, um like that nowadays you just have to like you have a physical thing that you have to like turn to get three you know they only had three cars and you had to like spin them to type in your locate your the code you wanted to use and then it re read that code and went okay these are the things you want and then it popped those all in the game and then you're there racing doing whatever um and then with that it was it's a pretty janky system even when i was playing it i remember it was still pretty janky back then which is kind of funny to be a kid playing a video game when it came out uh, and even then going, this is kind of janky and awkward to play, but hey, it was a racing game that you had that you could play with at the time. So yeah, it's it's some interesting predecessors that you need to get to have before you can get to what we have nowadays, which are... Well, yeah, something's got to pioneer the way, yeah. Yeah. Have you guys so. ever play those back to Sega, and I got to mm -hmm. bring this up since our other members in here, the Sonic racing games? Uh, oh yeah. yeah the answer is no <laughs> those were actually fun i liked um oh what is the name on it i'm spacing on it it i think it got released onto the uh sega cd and i think it also had a port on dreamcast it was one where everybody was running except for uh amy and uh and eggman and uh depending on your rings how many rings you had depended on how fast you ran hmm that's interesting. It was a it was a fun game. The biggest issue I had with it though was it was very hard to stay on the track when you ran. Hmm. I can only think of like the only Sonic games racing racing Sonic games I've played was like uh, Sonic Racer All Stars, which was uh, would that even come out? It must have. I don't know. I just had it on Steam. It just <laughs> isn't that that's the thing where it's like oh Sonic Racers All Star. I've played this. And I just have it on Steam. I don't know if it actually ever came out on any Sonic system or, or any Sega system or anything. I don't even know how old that game is. I know nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, I, mo ass. Mo most of my experiences with Sonic racing games are post Sega's, you know, console demise. And it felt like most of them were more cash grabs to try to get in on, you know, any notoriety their characters still had, you know, on other consoles. That being said, I've heard good things about the newest uh, Sonic Team Racing game. Yeah, no, it's gotten pretty decent reviews on there. I'm actually looking through a list of the best racing games, and I got to say, I'm a little, a little thrown off because there's several here that I was unaware of. Best racing games? Yeah, no, I found a got? list on uh, Game Revolution of the best Sonic racing games, and. Several leads I've never heard of, like Sonic Rivals, Sonic Rivals 2, Sonic R, 
That was a Sonic R. Yes. Yeah, that that looked like the one. Yeah, that's. Oh, that is that is a weird looking thing right there. No. Sonic R, you say? Ooh, yeah, Sonic R. Yeah, and then like there's a couple that I've heard of, like Sonic Riders. But I've never heard of Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, Sonic oh, that, Drift 2. Oh yeah, Sonic Riders was not the one that was ported to Xbox 360 and you had to use the uh, Xbox I in order to steer. Uh, that that actually was the first one on the list here. It was number nine, and I've literally never heard of this. Sonic Free Riders, hmm. which this is fascinating. I've never seen a gaming article written like this. Simply put, Sonic Free Riders is broken. Tailor made for the Xbox 360's Connect, the game has players tilt their bodies in order to race their way through courses. Surprisingly, they can jump and kick to grant themselves speed boosts. That sounds dangerous. This is hardly the case in practice. Most of the characters fly around the screen haphazardly and pay little regard to one's actual motions on screen. Outside of the core game or the core gameplay, the titles menus twirl and feverish or twirl around feverishly with the smallest gestures and voice recognition directs players to courses they didn't request. <laughs> it's not hyperbole to say that Free Riders is the most flawed game in the entire franchise. That's awesome. That was a Connect game. Yeah. Dang. I never heard of this one. I remember. But then it. again, when I think of the Xbox Connect, I just think of that uh, Star Wars compilation they put together and terrible <laughs> Han Solo dancing. <laughs> The Han Solo, yeah, God, that was uh, that was a thing that happened. Yeah. yeah, yes, it was. That was a thing. I remember having really good times with Connect, and then it just nothing after that. I just remember playing lots of it, and then it just sort of stopped. And then, I, yeah, for for me, my memories of the Connect are a little awkward because I know a guy that was on the development team for it, and mm. um, when that thing released. There, there were so many issues when it released. Not that it didn't work, because it did. It had some problems, but it, it, it did it work. Worked. It worked. But the voice recognition stuff could not recognize any woman's voice, which was a major problem. Mm -hmm. And the one that I still find the funniest, and this one on two different levels, because my friend that's on the development team is African-American. Yes. And the person that alerted me to this was another <clears throat> African-American friend of mine that we all know. <laughs> because when he got it, he was like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to work for me. And when I was talking to my other friend, they had this time through uh, Yahoo Messenger, because, you know, that was still a thing when the Connect came out. <laughs> God, I feel old. Uh, when I asked him about it, uh, his official response was copied and pasted from Microsoft's own tech support page, <laughs> which was basically, <laughs> I recommend that you put on white shirt and pants. <laughs> yeah. That's racist. That is yeah, terrible. <laughs> it's, it's kind of amazing. So one of the guys that was working on this thing is black and never actually got in front of it. How huh. did they come to market not realizing that <clears> was an issue? He or swears maybe... to this day they had no idea that that would be an issue. Wow. Because all of the guys that they play tested with in the Seattle and Bellevue markets, all of them apparently were white or Asian. 
I still have no idea how this is even possible. Crazy. Sorry, not to go and bash on the connect. Well, no, it's, 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 it's a bash weird it. phenomenon that that thing was. I remember yeah. playing it. It worked. I played games with it, but then it just sort of died out. It became a yeah. flash in the pan, as you say. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then they released it with the Xbox One, and initially they told you it had to be connected at all times and yeah, had to be watching you, and it was going to be your security. And then console it, came out hundred dollars more expensive because of it. Big Brother knows best. Yep. And ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, all of that stuff eventually ended up not being a thing, though at different stages of the Xbox One's life. Yeah. So yeah. But racing games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of them. God, it's almost too much to talk about. That's the thing. It's like it's so much to talk about. Well, that's just to... it. I keep trying to figure out where the hell do we even start? It is. It's like I I just I have nostalgias of what games I used to play, of cart games, of racing games. Uh what is a racing game? There's tons of them. I know I was looking it up and some of the starting racing games were like space racing games and such. And they were all just arcade games and they've always been there. And then they kind of came to council with, uh, and then they split from being simulator games and like how deep, uh, simulator games have come to nowadays of like, uh, being as accurate as possible. I remember what, I think it was, it, no, it was project Gotham raising still. Uh, it was when I was playing that, um, it had, it always had that, like when you booted it up, it it had the, uh, uh, a racer at the time talk about like, I I'm a famous racer playing. Uh, it was a Formula <laughs> One racer. Um, I don't follow Formula One at all, so I didn't know who he was. But early was that, um, and he talked about, yeah, I worked with the game company in this to make sure that this is as accurate as possible. That all the cars turned and went around corners and drove in such a way that was accurate to said cars. Um, which is, yeah, that's, that's the whole point of that. You're trying to make it, these games as accurate as possible uh, for each car to drive how it's supposed to drive, uh, as is a simulator. And so then you have the very competitive um, cultures behind it that just get into those kinds of games. Uh, do we want to talk about... That makes me bring up the idea of like you, Forza, which is a very simulator game, just announced their... Uh, at E3, they're having the Lego versions of cars. Do you think those are going to drive <laughs> just like the regular cars, or are I, they still Lego? I hope not. I hope they I, do Lego mechanics. I I have no idea. They, I just saw that at E3. It was like, I've never cared about the Forza games. I played them, but I've never cared about them. Suddenly, I see that, and it's just like, I never knew I needed this until I needed it. <laughs> just... I, I'm, I'm going to play it one way or another. And I hope that it has some Lego mechanics built in on top of the rest of it. Because the thing that I think is great about the Forza games is those play like great simulator titles. Despite having so much more built into the game. And everything is so custom tuned to each individual vehicle. I don't know how they do that with Lego. I hope it's not just dropping skins over existing stuff. But I want to believe that it's going to be just as technically precise as the actual game itself is. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I yeah, want to I believe. I want to believe. Lego Lego things do have their own set of rules of like 
they can run into things and then they collapse and break very easily or go around. (laughs) Lego does have its has like a weird set of rules for how Lego games work and such. Nothing really is breakable. It just kind of breaks and then can just get put back together and like, oh, it's done. It's fixed. It's fine. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It might just be a skin. It's it's a weird crossover, (laughs) I have to say. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But um do you have any brace do you you did talk about uh rob you already talked about games racing games that you didn't like mm-hmm. uh, i could talk about more <laughs> i've got i've got some too um oh this is what games do i have i've got some games where i played as racing games and thought they were completely horrible in all ways um what's one uh it's uh, uh, Ubisoft's one. What is Ubisoft's? Um, oh, what yeah, is that? Uh, the crew. Uh, the crew. Mm-hmm. The crew. Oh, that was oh, That was the worst. That is the worst free game that I have ever actually played. Yeah. Because I'm sure that I've been given other free games that are worse, but that is the worst one that I've actually booted up and played. That one was the disappointing. Crew? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's everything... I don't know. This might just be a me thing, but I've never liked the way that Ubisoft does any of their driving mechanic stuff, at least for cars. I don't know. Whether it be, yeah, whether it be that or uh, watch underscore dogs. Wow, it was really bad, too. I remember jumping in that and having those cars, and it was like, they just don't feel right. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because, like, uh, Watch Dogs 2, I actually enjoyed that game quite a bit, with the exception of what I needed to get into a vehicle. And it's like, how is this still the worst thing about this game? Because it was arguably still the worst part of the first one. Anyway, I've never really liked their formatting for stuff and why they thought they should make an entire game out of it. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind. Like, I'm not a big fan of um, Sony's first party game, uh, Drive Club, either. But... That one, at least, I saw what they were going for. Um, Grand Theft Auto, I'm not a huge fan of that driving mechanic. It works. It's just not as tight as what I like. You know, once again, I'm a simulator guy. That, that's my thing. I, I prefer a different kind of control scheme. But, you know, those all work. They're all fully functional, and I can enjoy playing them, despite the fact they're not my cup of tea. The crew is just a disaster on all levels. And they've re-released it several times. Didn't they make a sequel, too? They did. did? They? Oh, it, that's when they added planes uh planes and boats i i don't know <laughs> but yeah they added uh they, they do have a sequel and that was the thing is like that's when uh they made the first crew free uh is they added um that made they made that free for everyone and that was like right before they added a dlc and then the second one came out. So that's why they basically made it free is because they're like, well, the second one's coming out soon. Let's make it free to get as many people on it as want. And then they find out that the second one comes out, they'll maybe buy it. But it was, that was a thing where it was like, I found out it was free and I bought it, played it. And I was like, oh shit, this is the game that has like, it's got, I remember when they, when they were making it, they introduced it at E3, they announced it, how it has, all of the United States. Yeah. Uh, so you drive, you can drive from one point to another. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, that is completely awesome. If they have like a, You're it's right. not scaled. I remember us talking about that. Shit. Um, yeah. It's not scaled. So it's like, it's odd in that it go, you can go across the country in 
like I think half an hour or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, which just seems wrong. <laughs> yeah, so it goes like, oh, you're going from here to here. So it took everything and it shrunk it down a whole lot. Uh, I was hoping for, again, I was hoping for a one-to-one where like this from here to here is what the distance is. So you could do a drive, a race all the way across. And I was like, that would be really cool if you could do yeah. that. But no, yeah. it was it shrunk in. So it's actually from point A to point B. Uh, and they only have like these major cities. And again, they're all condensed down uh, to very basic what they are. And then the roads in between are very short. So the map is, I still think it's the map's actually probably smaller than GTA's map scaling wise of like driving from one point to the other uh probably yeah, I, I think so um but yeah i remember picking that up and it was like oh it's free it's, we can all race together in this thing and do cruise and the other thing that they had really neat was they had the uh, customization thing so they had like speeding racing they had off-roading stuff and it didn't matter what car you had you could get yourself a lamborghini and you could still put fucking lift it up and put mudder tires on there and go off-roading with it. So you'd be off-roading in a Lamborghini. And that was another big part of theirs to say that your cars are customizable and that races don't have to stick to roads. They just stick to the countryside and you just can change your vehicle that you're driving to whatever loadout you have of like either being off-road or being at a kind of regular street racing like muscle car or making it like super fast uh, with really thin flat tires that are really good on pavement but are horrible on dirt um vice versa all that changing and then when i picked it up and i was like this drives exactly like watchdogs which doesn't drive at all it's really wishy-washy yeah it just feels so disconnected from the controller yeah you just drive and it just it just feels like soft and flowy and it's just like uh, I, I, it doesn't yeah no I, I it's hard to explain but yeah Soft, wishy-washy. If, if you've played it, or if you've played Watch Dogs, which I'm sure at least a few of you have, you understand, and I'm sorry. Yeah. You talk about not liking GTAs. I really like GTA's I, drive style. I, GTA isn't bad. And here's the thing. It lends itself really well to driving around the map. I actually yeah. like that part. It's the racing levels itself, though, because it's not as responsive as what I would like. It just feels like everything's a little bit on the loose side. And while there's different speed stats for different vehicles and whatnot, I can't say that handling in particular feels dramatically different from one uh, four-wheeled vehicle to the next four-wheeled vehicle or you know, one motorcycle to another motorcycle. It oh, just, yeah, yeah like, like I said, as a simulator guy, that's something that kind of irks me a little bit because I don't feel like I'm fully in control when I'm racing. Which is weird because so much of the rest of the game does feel so engaged. So I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird middle ground area because it's very arcade style and I think works really well just for driving around the maps. But then when you're actually racing, it just doesn't feel quite right to me. I don't know. There, there's just some mental disconnect for me no, that just you. doesn't work so well. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. that it's bad. It's still the best of anything like it. Yeah. You know, no, I, I I really like its racing style. So that is it, it gives me it's like it I do like having a little bit of softness in racing because uh, then you do can drift. That's a that is that might be what it is in in actual dr uh, driving uh, simulators. It is tight and going around a corner. You go around a corner. You don't yeah. want to drift around a corner. Uh, this 
it's soft enough that it lets you drift nicely uh, in the arcadey style, uh, but then it does stick enough that you go. So I kind of get what you mean. If you wanted to go play, if you're playing uh, again forts or something, you want to be uh, drifting is actually slower in racing. You want to have it tight and be able to go around corners quickly yeah. and stop and go. So you slow down enough to go around the corner and then take off. Uh, yeah, in like something like uh, Forza and Project Gotham Marine, that was how you played, and it would be tight like that. Um, and then, yeah, GTA would be, it's a little bit softer than that, which allows you to drift around corners and do kind of stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Which, and um, I still like that kind of gameplay. It's just for yeah. some reason in GTA, it doesn't connect with me. Like, that works really well for me in a game like, say, Jack X Combat Racing which is really a card mm. title as, as far as anybody's concerned. It really is a card title. I know that it's got, you know, the combat racing part, but yeah, yeah. it's a card racer game. And it's like that, that feels fine. Um, little big planet carding. Hell, even I'm going to go and show my shit taste right now Ooh. because I have a terrible game that I kind of love. And it's one that nobody should actually play because it is terrible all the way down to its controls. Uh, Pocket Bike Racer that was released by uh, Burger King. Oh, the Xbox 360. oh my God. Oh. That was a good one. That I They had three games that came out with Pocket Bike Racer, Sneak King, and there was one that was like a, uh, a bumper cart thing. And uh, people loved Sneak King. Sneak King, I love it. It's, that was a fun it's game. actually a good game, which feels terrible to say because it's the creepiest thing you'll ever be. You're just the king and you're stalking people to give them whoppers. It's just Dude, the it's... most absurd idea ever. And then there's Pocket Bike Racers, which actually feels like a legitimate racing game. Dude, if somebody came up to me and gave me free burgers, I'd be okay with it. I don't know if I would. <laughs> I would. Oh, I'm trying to think. There's Shit, what was it? Sorry, I'm I'm I just keep thinking about bad games. And is it Mod Nation Racers? I really like Mod Nation Racers. No, no, um, another customized game. I just love me my customizing games. Give me a car game that you can customize and make real cool. And no, there that's my jam. I keep trying to think. There's a tie-in game, and I can't remember what the hell it was for. A I think it was something. <sighs> a tie-in game. Okay, so for a I remember game? there there was this guy that John and I used to hang out with, and right. we had the idea in the early days of YouTube, back before gaming channels were really cemented as being the most popular thing on the planet, of trying to go and come up with like bad video game reviews or something like that. We were basically watching X play and came up with the idea. And we went down to the local GameStop and we're just looking for things that you knew were going to be bad. And we ran across, I think it was on the Game Boy Advanced. It's a time game. What the... John was there too. Does John? Know? No, I, I don't think John was in on this. No, I wasn't. Yeah, we hung out with the same guy, but I think, you know, we were talking about. Mm, I got he still has the game. I wasn't there. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Describe the game. Well, it was a Game Boy Advance kart racer, which already sounds terrible. <laughs> was it Rugrats? 
No. It wasn't that. It was something that came out later than that. I want to say it was something that was on like Fox Kids. On Fox but it came out like Kids. but it came out like five or six years after Fox Kids ended. God, I don't know. Maybe not that far. Maybe maybe But it was years. was it related so it was related to it like a kid's cartoon though. Yeah, but I want to say it was something licensed, something that Saban brought over from Japan. Oh. It wasn't Power Rangers. I'm trying to think one else. Oh, this oh. is not making for good listening. It's not like a big bad Beetleborgs or something. No, no, not not that. They, they they even had like Beetles with carts on them that were like mm -hmm. yeah. and such. Well, I don't know, man. Ah, you, you got this. You got this thing. Maybe, maybe that's we got to do a to be continued on that. And we might need to because fuck, I can't even think of what the hell it was. It was, God, it's <laughs> it was so absurd too, because it's like you should never see these characters cart racing, and the controls were so loose and obnoxious, and it was so slow. Hmm. And with the Game Boy Advance limited ability to go and produce three D objects and textures in the distance it just looked terrible huh shit because i remember us getting that and i remember us getting banjo kazooie uh grunty's revenge at the same time and after 10 minutes we pulled that thing out of uh the game boy advance player on the gamecube and popped <laughs> that in instead and then wasted <laughs> the rest of the day what the fuck was it Oh my god. Digimon! What? what? Digimon racing! Oh. <laughs> it oh. finally hit me! <laughs> oh my god. I'm so excited. Oh my god. Digimon so racing. <laughs> Everyone had a racing game, though, when you think about it. Oh, I know. Everybody yeah, did. Yeah. Sonic, we found, has like 10. Uh... Which Mega Man's had surprising. a racing game. Dear god, really? Oh yeah. my god. No, I just, I remember Potamon inside of a cart, and like the cart kept clipping out of existence. <laughs> it was moving so damn slow. None of the characters rendered properly on top of their carts. More than once, you're going and passing somebody, and they just pop out of existence, only to be a mile ahead of you the next second. <laughs> God, huh. it was terrible. Yeah, this would have came out with the, uh, third season of Digimon. Jesus. Game Boy Advance. There it is. Got it. Look at that. Was there ever a Monster Rancher racing game? I wonder. Oh, I bet there was. Ooh, Monster Rancher. That was a good one. Racing? A, I actually would love to go and do a podcast at some point about all of the, you know, uh, collectible monster, you know, Pokemon, gotta catch them all. Clones that have Clone? come out that we played. Maybe. Yeah, I would. I would be okay with that. Give There's us a, a chance to talk about fighting food on. Because <laughs> that that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing anything. The only one I see is the Monster Rancher's Hop about. Yeah. Which I we played a shit ton of that one. Um. We this is the game. This is what we did at one point. We uh, we, we busted out an old PS one. Uh, no, we didn't bust out an old PS one. We had um one of the PlayStations that played PS one games. Probably a PlayStation two. 
um was it playstation 2 or is it the playstation 3 only if you got one of the ridiculously expensive ones i think yep. that's what it was we found one that was like uh it was used so mm. we found one of those and we busted out playstation one games um something like that and yeah yeah it was on a playstation 3 yeah yeah and mm. we got the uh ps uh so what we did is like we were like oh this playstation 3 plays ps1 games let's go down to the the local game store and just buy a bunch of ps1 games so we bought a stack of them for next to nothing because they were like we're just finding whatever the cheapest games we can just to see if they're good or not just because we can so we bought a bunch of games and we found monster rancher top about turned into like a real gem because it was like this it was a odd this odd kind of puzzle game where you you're they're just the plot of the game is they get transported to this like ruined temple in the sky and how they have to get around is on a uh, uh um a pogo a stick pogo stick and then that's the whole thing is like you just have a map ahead of you and then you just have to pogo stick forward and then the faster you're going the more momentum you have and the further you go so if there's like uh gaps in between you could just jump right over them but if you're going slow you'd fall and then there was like power-ups of you also had a time limit so you had power-ups to get you more time powers to make you go faster forward there are circles that are just full of squares that would kill you there's hearts and every time you hopped on something um there was one spot that would eventually just like fall down uh, if you hopped on them too long so it was also a game that you had to just kind of keep moving so it turned into this like really skilled game where we're just all sitting on the couch and we're just like okay we're on this map we gotta get four and it just it was it feels like uh it feels like a game you could probably like play on your phone a whole lot where it's like it's you're just doing the same thing over where you're trying to get forward uh and they had oh man how many maps do they yeah a ton of maps um but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm was... watching a YouTube video of this, and I am getting the weirdest level of Super Monkey Ball vibe off of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like it, that. It, yeah, it's it's a different kind of game, but it's still that same puzzle. You got to figure out the right way of doing this. There's a certain level of technical precision that goes along with it to get the best scores. Yeah, it's yeah. like I could imagine wasting a lot of time with this even today. It it was it was really fun. It was it was a weird gem we found where we looked at it, we're like this looks completely stupid. Then when we sat down and played it, we're like, this is really fun, and it's fun to have a group of people, and one person is doing it, and everyone else around them is just going oh, just yelling and getting into it because they're like trying to get through a thing, and then you'd get stuck on one map, and then we'd all be there just stuck on one map going how are we gonna get through this? And then once one guy does it, oh, the room just explodes with a lot of people going, yeah, we got it to the next map. And then we find the next maps are like somehow all of a sudden really easy again because it was just this one was a weird puzzle that no one mentally got. But we'd have nights where we're like, let's just get together and just play this one game. It was it was a game that we would actively go and hang out just to play the one game. That's what I love about games like Death Squared still to this day, where you go and have a whole bunch of people playing together. Just trying to go and accomplish puzzles, whether it's just one person doing it, it's just like, oh, oh you got to know, you got to know, you got to know, yeah. yeah. Or if you're all playing Yelling. together and you're just trying to, you know, not kill each other. Inaudible screaming. Yeah. Oh, man. The best kind of screaming. But yeah, that's another question I needed to ask. Uh, future, pro- future podcast question. 
Uh, uh-huh. Should we ever talk about is is uh, is couch co-op kind of dead? That's a future clause question. I, yeah, that that's one we definitely need to ask because I find it fascinating that at E3 this year, suddenly games were being talked about with couch co-op capability, and I don't remember that being a feature that anybody's talked about in ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it's something that people have been demanding for years. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll put we'll just go and put a pin in that for right now. That's the pin in that one. I think this is where we can uh, uh, end it, though. We've we've talked about racing games a whole lot. Uh, I feel like we've learned nothing uh, because there is so much to learn that we have no idea. We just ran around with our heads cut off, well, uh, raced you know, around we, with we, our head cuts off. Our, our audience is much like the Rick and Morty audience. They are smarter than most people. I'm sure they already knew everything that we were talking about. Of course. Uh, of the course. entire time they've been going, well, yeah, obviously, I knew that the whole time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, you got... Yeah, no, that's that's a great game. Oh, I remember that piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were screaming us from their other things they were talking about. It's, it's the Digimon racing game. Know what exactly yeah, we're exactly. talking about. Yeah, no, Digimon they knew exactly game. what I was talking yeah. about. Our audience knows us better than we know ourselves. Which is kind of creepy and scary. Maybe it's just a whole... Just It's just, just a simulation. We're in a simulation right now. Playing simulation racing games. <laughs> Be careful. They might take the red pill. <gasps> no. Oh. Wait. Yeah. What? Why not? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I like to say, uh, 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 thank you for listening. Uh, 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 you can find us all over the place. Um, any podcast thing. That, this is how podcasts work now. You just put your RSS feed out there and literally everyone picks them up. Yep. So, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, uh, what other other one you want that is better than those if those are bad for you because that's a thing. Um, still don't know about Spotify. Probably. Look, yeah. take a look. If we're there, yeah, we're, we're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. I'm everywhere. the only thing I subscribe to on, on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're everywhere. We're literally yeah. everywhere. You can find us. And if you're listening to the podcast, you already have. This is redundant. Why are we doing this? It's so redundant. Tell yeah. your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Yes. Tell but Steve. Only if they're as intelligent as you. Ooh. Tell Steve over there. He he looks intelligent enough. Just, just throw something at him right now. Go, yeah. hey, Steve. This is his podcast. And he'll yeah. go. Yeah. Just, just take your friend's phone, go into whatever podcast app they have installed, and just subscribe for them. Yes, do that. Make sure they get our notifications. Done. That way they have to listen. Because I don't think there's a way of turning off those notifications. If I learned anything from my recent Android experience at work, they'll never be able to make it go away. (laughs) It's difficult. And sometimes even if you do turn them off, they're still there, which is really fucking annoying. Yep. So uh, I guess that's it. You can't unmap Bixby. (laughs) Bixby will rule the world. I would like to say goodbye then. Bye! Bye. Bye!